Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of the Believe in the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Golden of Jets X Factor. As always, I got my co-host, former Jet running back Lamont Jordan with me. Lamont, how you feeling today? I'm good, man. I'm good. Enjoying a beautiful Thursday. I think we're getting 70-degree weather out here, down here. Oh, that's nice. That's, yeah, that's real cool. nice. I'm out in Myrtle Beach. Uh, we're getting pretty nice weather out here as well, but that's pretty par for the course. Uh, Jets are coming off quite the uh, quite the interesting game against the Buffalo Bills at a 45 to 17 blowout loss. The uh, the Mike White experiment seems to be over after throwing four interceptions. Uh, the Jets are right back where they started the week before. Their defense did not play well. Their offense is trying to figure things out with Zach Wilson uh, post Bengals game. You know, there's a lot of things to clean up. Lamont, what was your big takeaway from the Buffalo game? Um, my big takeaway is, is this team is still trying to find its identity. I, I really I think that, that that's what it comes down to. Um, you know, we talked last week about the game, you know, I anticipated that, that, that Buffalo would do exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were um, dead on. Yeah. Just Buffalo being Buffalo. Um, you know, the, the one takeaway that, I, that, that I have is Michael Carter, the second, I think that he's a bright spot on defense. Definitely. Really, He's a bright spot. Um, the The defense just doesn't play with the speed that I would like mm-hmm. to see from them. Mm-hmm. You know, I watch Buffalo's defense. Uh, even yeah. preparing for this for this podcast, when I watch Miami's defense, you see two defenses that pretty much fly to the ball. They apply pressure on the quarterback, and we're just not getting that from 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 the Jets' defense. Yeah, no, I agree. the The Bills' defense and the Dolphins' defense, in a lot of ways, are what the Jets want their defense to be where it's all about predicated on speed, being able to spend more time reacting and less time thinking, getting yourself in advantageous situations to start, you know, that's, that's what they want their defense to do. And I think the the issue is that they don't have the talent right now to play that style of defense where you're playing a very simple coverage. You're, you know, you're keeping things simple. You're backing off your corners. You're trusting your four man rush to get home. And if you don't have the talent to do that, you kind of just get left with a pretty predictable, easy scheme to beat. And I think you're seeing these young players get put in some really tough situations that are kind of no win. And it's a little bit on the coaches, in my opinion, where it's going to be really hard to develop these guys. If you keep putting them in stuff, tough, tough situations, specifically my, uh, my point here is the coaches got to start helping out these young DBs. And I think you were right on the nail of the head with Michael Carter the second. I think he is playing really well given the situation he is in as a fifth round starter in the slot in the NFL. And on top of that, I want to highlight Brandon Eccles, who's now on IR. I'm not going to get on Brandon Eccles for giving up a deep ball to Stefan Diggs at the end of the first half. I'm going to get on Jeff Ulbrich for leaving him in single coverage and cover three where if you don't know that they're going to isolate digs on the outside against your second to worst corner, and they're going to try and exploit him as a coach, it's your job to put your players in the best position to succeed. It's your job to maximize their strengths, limit their weaknesses and do what you can to help them play better. And if you're going to trust a guy like Brandon Eccles, who was a sixth round rookie against an all pro receiver, like Stefan Diggs, who led the NFL in receiving last year, you kind of get what you deserve. And I think that 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 is 
how I feel about this is these young players, they're doing everything they can, and they certainly need to do more themselves. Their instincts need to be better overall. They need to be able to diagnose quicker, not get caught up with misdirection as much, but some of the situations these guys are being put in, is just not advantageous for them and it's not conducive to winning. It's also not conducive to development. And I really want to see them mix some things up, make things a little easier on the back end rather than just giving them all these tough assignments. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say this, this is the national football league and, and I don't care if you're a first round draft pick or a free agent, when you get your opportunity to play between the lines on game day, that's your opportunity to showcase what you can do. So whether you, you know, I don't care if you're checking Stefan Diggs. I don't, I, you know, I don't care if you, if you have to check uh, Tyreek Hill, whatever the case may be at the end of the day, you have to go out there and compete. And what I see is a, is a Jets coaching staff that's trying to see what players do we have that are just bonafide ballers. You got to check Stefan Diggs. Okay. Go make a play. Now it's hard to defend the perfect pass, yeah. but but if your technique is poor, if you're not making a play on the ball, then I, I'm not going to necessarily blame that on coaches. This is the National Football League. You have your opportunity to play, and you have to go out there and make plays. Um, and, and when you talk about the secondary and, and the issues that they have just from a defensive standpoint, it's hard for any team to overcome the quarterback throwing pick after pick and the offense not being able to move the ball. So the this Jets in this last game, they put the defense in a really bad position with just with just these picks that were just horrible picks. So, um, you know, you have to go out there and make plays. If you're on the defensive side of the ball, there is a significant difference when you watch the Buffalo Bills play defense, when you watch the Miami Dolphins play defense, and you watch the New York Jets play defense. You can see the difference in speed. When yeah. you watch the Bills play defense, whoever has the ball, you're going to see whatever color the Bills are wearing. If they're wearing white. You're going to see a bunch of white jerseys around the ball. You're not getting that same thing out of the Jets. And, yes, we do have injuries. I do understand that. But at the yeah. end of the day, it's next man up. And when you get your opportunity to play, you have to show the coaching staff that, hey, you can count on me. You can depend on me. And right now, we're just not getting that out of the Jets defense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you make a good point that, you know, this is the NFL. This is everybody's a pro. And once you get into the league, you're in the league and that's it. And you're expected to perform because that's your job. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's, I, I can totally completely understand that argument. And I don't necessarily disagree with it. And quite honestly, I think these guys have done a good job of that for the most part where they've mm -hmm. been in tougher situations. And I think Brandon Eccles in particular, if we want to talk about him again in the Bengals game, he had a couple opportunities in the red zone against Jamar chase where he had to cover for, for seconds on end and single coverage. And he held his own. I mean, there mm -hmm. was even, even on uh, the touchdown that Javon Gidry gave up to uh, Stefan Diggs, it was really good coverage. It was a really good ball by Josh Allen, but it was really good coverage by Gidry. He didn't get completely smoked. I mean, I think these guys are showing that they can step up. I think they're showing that that they are that they're not going to back down. At the very least, they aren't showing fear and they aren't showing that they think that this is too big for them. They're not getting shadowed or, you know, down on themselves because they're staring at Stefan Diggs across from them. They're giving their best effort. And I definitely agree with what you're saying that this is the pros and you got to show up, whether you're a first round pick, sixth round pick, undrafted free agent, or been in the league for 10 years, you got to show up. But mm -hmm. I also think that from the coaching standpoint, I would like to see them do more to make things a little easier because I think that's part of the reason why the defense overall has been so bad. And I think if you want to improve the defense as a whole, 
it would help out by mixing in some coverages that are a little different, maybe adding some disguise, maybe show some, some looks one way and then change things up pre-snap. It doesn't need to be too complicated. They don't need to throw everything out and completely, you know, rewrite the book, but I really would like to see something just so offenses have to think. Cause right now offenses don't have to think they know what the jets are going to call. They know where they're going to line up before they even get to the stadium. And then mm-hmm. after that, they can put whatever matchup they want on anybody where the jets corners aren't going to follow. So they can isolate Stefan Diggs on Brandon Eccles. They know mm-hmm. he's going to be their, their right corner. And I would, I, I just want to see some, some more from the defensive side of the ball. And I get that they're trying to keep things simple for these young guys, but it's not working. And I think at some point you have to look at results rather than philosophy and just and look at things for what they are and say that it's not working. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. And we do have some injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Definitely. That defensive line has to do a better job. Agreed. I mean, when it comes down to it, the defensive line has to do a better job. If you have young secondary players, you have players who are backups in the secondary and you have a defensive line that's not getting pressure or they're allowing the quarterback to get outside the pocket, you're asking your defensive backs to do a lot. So, you know, overall, from from just as a defense, the Jets need to be better as a defense as a whole. But I do think that the offense plays a major part in why the defense struggles so much. If you're a defense and you have an offense that's going three and out, you have an offense that may pick up a first down and then they just throw a, a, a pick and you're putting you're the defense in a bad situation. I think that that's where we are right now. Um, and and one thing that we have to, that, that I'm going to look at in the first quarter, when it comes to points per game, the Jets are the absolute worst in the first quarter. Yep. They don't give you any points in the first quarter. And so if, 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 if you're not getting any points in the first quarter and, and you're playing against high-powered offenses that do a great job of moving the ball, now you're making yep. things really hard on your defense. So I really think that the offense and the defense, they go hand-in-hand. Hand. I agree with you with regards to probably switching some things up because as I watch the game, I can tell that a lot of the plays that Buffalo was running – they schemed up the Jets defense. Well, I could think of one play in particular where they had Diggs off to the left. Um, They had, um, uh, I think they either had Beasley or McKenzie in the slot. They ran a basic out in the slant. I'm sorry, they ran a pick route and brought Diggs underneath. Both guys went with the out. Diggs came underneath. That right there, you can tell that was planned up. That 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 was the bill saying that this is what the Jets do in this situation. We need about three or four yards to get the first down. And we're going to take this easy first down. So I agree with you that that they they definitely need to switch some things up. But I want to see this defense play more physical. I want to see these guys fly to the ball. And and, and if you can if you can get more effort out of these guys, I think that we'll get a better outcome from a defensive standpoint. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it, it takes everybody. This is not a single issue where one person or one position group or one coach is the problem. Everybody needs to improve. Everybody needs to do what they can to be better. And I'm right there with you. And you made a, a really good point that I want. I don't want to lose about offenses not being able to play well early because it gets your defense in a hole. If you yes. are, if you're playing from behind, a that's harder on your offense to have to play catch up, and it's also harder on your defense because now they're playing from behind. They're going to be trying to be more aggressive, create a turnover. They can be exploited easier. They're also on the field more. They're going to get tired more easily. And in this mm-hmm. game in particular, the interceptions, I definitely agree with you, were were the problem in the game. But I think the turning point was Corey Davis's fumble. 
It's yes. towards the end of the game. I think that might've been Mike White's best throw of the whole game was to Corey Davis on the, the seam route where he keeps it under the safety. Corey Davis is able to adjust and catch it, breaks the tackle and is able to get upfield for another 15 yards. The jets are looking to score before half. They're looking mm-hmm. to try and make it 10, seven. They know Buffalo is going to get the ball after half. They're trying to get a touchdown on the board, but keep things close. Their defense had done an okay job up until that point. They gave up a score on the first drive and then were able to rebound for the rest of the half. And Corey Davis fumbles. The very next play was the 53 yard double move to Stephon Dix. Yeah. Three plays later, it's a touchdown. Yeah. Now it's 17, nothing. Yeah. Bills get the ball to start the second half. They go down and score. Now it's 24, nothing game's over. Yep. Game's over. Yep. Mike white is going to have to try and play hero ball. Hence the interceptions that followed from there. Michael floor has to call a completely different game because he's playing down 24, nothing instead of being down 10, seven, the defense is basically left to just do whatever they can to try and hold up and Buffalo all day, just threw shots downfield. They said, your backup safety is in. Marcus May is out. We don't trust your corners, and we know what coverage you're running. We're mm-hmm. going deep. And they had a play in particular where they isolated Stephon Diggs in the slot, and they had him run a deep post out of the slot against Sherrod Neesman, and it was wide open. Yep. Wide open for a deep post down the field because they knew that this is their backup. This is where he's going to line up. This is the coverage they're going to call. If we put Stephon Diggs here and run this route, we are going to get the matchup we like, and the Jets aren't going to adjust to stop it. That – it's everything. Football is more of a team game than any other sport. Things impact each other and work together cohesively very, very well. And they need to all be on the same page. You need to have an identity. Like you're saying, I'm a big disbeliever in identity. If you're going to have this aggressive defense that wants to try and make plays and wants to try and play fast and, and go all out, you need to have the offense that can balance it. You need to have the offense that can take control of games that can slow things down. That can be efficient, give that defense time to rest. So then they come out, they can be full force again. When this defense is having to play 60% of the game. Yep. I mean, it's going to tire them out. And if the turnovers aren't going to stop, it's not going to give them advantageous situations. It's just, it's a mess from all angles. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. And we talked about this last week. And I said the one thing the Jets cannot allow to happen is they can't allow Buffalo to get their run game going. And yeah. we saw that early in the game that Buffalo was able to get their run game going. Mm-hmm. When you're playing against an offense that's as deadly as the Buffalo offense is um, from a passing game perspective, yeah. when you allow them to run the ball with a, playing against a young defense, playing against uh, guys who are backups, that's 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 a tough pill to swallow. But I will always bring it back to the offense offensively you have to help out your defense by not turning the ball over and 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 changing field position forcing a team to drive the length of the field opposed to only needing to get 30 or 40 yards to score a touchdown so um as far as this last game is concerned i think that we you know when you look at when you just look at the game you listen to the podcast that we told you to what we talked about last week we expected this to happen against yeah. uh, against buffalo um the one thing that i will say is the fact that prior to that fumble you know this game was headed to halftime where it was just 10 nothing yeah this was a winnable game if Corey davis <laughs> doesn't fumble when they go down and score it's 10-7 they're right in the game it's 10-7 they're right in the game and now you're coming out of the locker room with a different feel buffalo 100%. 
ultimately they just once that fumble happened, you just knew that Buffalo had all of the momentum. They scored yep. that touchdown, and you can just sense the air just being let out, uh, let out, let out of the stadium. Um, but with that said, that game is over. We kind of yeah. expect the game. I'm looking forward to this week because I do think that this is a winnable game for the Jets. Same here. And you know, as we talk about as we talk about the things that need to happen this week for for the Jets to have a chance to win or to get this victory, um, first and foremost for me, you have to get the run game started. You yep. have to get the run game going. I love Carter. Oh yeah, love he's him. Small back, he's explosive. Mm-hmm. He can hit those little creases. Yep. Give him a multitude of runs, and then with Coleman coming back, I love that one-two punch of Coleman. And I yep. love the fact that they got Ty Johnson out there, my Terp. Shout out mm-hmm. to Ty Johnson. I think that with those three backs, those are three guys that bring three different things to the table. And I think you have to get those guys involved. So first and foremost, for me, this upcoming week is you have to get the run game started. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we agree on that one. Actually, that was my first point as well was get the run game going specifically against this defense in particular. They run a lot of blitz zero. And they're not scared of having their secondary and single coverage, putting seven, eight guys at the line of scrimmage and being very, very ballsy for lack of a better word on defense. And so if they're going to put seven guys at the line of scrimmage, let's run crack toss. Let's get to the edge. Let's do what we can to let Michael Carter get hit outside. I want to see some sweeps to Elijah Moore. I want to see some screen passes or some little swing passes to Jamison Crowder. Uh, Any way that they can get the ball to their playmakers and space to the edge, whether it's through the run game or through the quick passing game, um, that needs to be the goal. I really think that if they're going to be clogging all these bodies inside, you got to be able to get to the edges, give Carter some opportunities on outside zone, see if you can't, See if you can't create some space. And on top of that, specifically with Flacco starting, it'll help out on play action because eventually you're going to have to call your max protection deep shot. You're going to have to take your shot against blitz zero, and you're going to have to hope that your play action game and your running game can do enough to actually fool the defense long enough. You got to make those linebackers come down and hesitate, or you got to, if they are, because again, the, the Dolphins defense, we'll get into this more. It's very, very complicated. It's very, very particular in what they do because it's Belichick inspired and they do things that other teams just don't do where if they're blitzing they're one, they're never going to send more than, uh, than they need to. They're going to send one more rusher than you have in protection to get the one free rusher. That's all they care about. They don't care Mm -hmm. if nobody else gets home. The whole point is to get one guy unblocked. So they'll get, if you're blocking six, they'll send seven. They're not going to send more than eight. They're never going to send more than eight. So if you're blocking seven, they're going to send eight and try and see if they can have a free rusher. And the way they work is especially with the way pass coverage at a offensive lineman work against blitz zero, they're going to block the farthest guy outside. He's going to come free there. Mm-hmm. He's got the longest path to get to the quarterback coming from the edge. So they block from the out inside out mm-hmm. Patriots and the dolphins defenses know this. So all they do is they line up their linebackers and their defensive ends on the inside and get them up in the a gaps just to make the offensive lineman freeze and make them have to stop at the snap and see if they are going to be rushing. And the second that offensive lineman hesitates and realizes that this linebacker isn't rushing, that's when they drop out. 
They mm-hmm. just want to hold the guy in place. They aren't trying to get pressure any other way. They're trying to sit there and go, the three guys are on the interior. We're not letting you kick out outside and double team or block anybody. And if you want to slide protection, we're going to make sure that our one guy gets free. And the second that happens, once that guy comes free, those linebackers drop out into passing lanes, makes it really hard on defenses to get hot reads going, makes it really hard with a, a protection assignments. It's a tough scheme. So just run on it. Make yeah. it easier on yourself. Don't, yep. don't, don't make things harder. You have talent in the backfield. I think the offensive line is better run blocking than they are pass blocking. Most of the time you, you have the opportunity to create some plays on the ground and that's going to back off this defense more than anything. And that's what needs to happen. Uh, I, I, that's leading into my second point. You talked about how, like how they like to go cover zero, basically cover zero, or they got a yep. single high safety. I think that, the Jets are going to see the same style of defense this week from the Dolphins that they saw this past week against the Bills. Exactly. The difference is, is I think that the Bills secondary is better than a Dolphins secondary. Not that the Dolphins secondary is sorry because they are no, not sorry. Not at but all. They are not the they are not the Buffalo Bills. So that leads that leads me to my next point is you have to make big plays. When teams are blitzing, you have to be able to make big plays. If you don't hit a big play on a team that is blitzing, they're going to keep bringing the house and they're going to keep bringing the house until you show them and come up with something that's going to stop them. And like I said at the beginning of the show, this this Dolphins defense, they fly around. They fly around. Yep. And and the, the the Jets, they have to make plays. To me, Corey Davis, you have to earn what you got this year. I Absolutely. said it like, I was never sold on him as being a number one. And and what happened in this, this past game, that lets you know. If you're being single covered, you have to get open. And so when we're talking about making the big plays, Corey Davis has to make a big play. We said, yep. I said last week, you somehow have to make it a, a point to get Jamerson Crowder the ball. You want to get him yep. the ball. And the other thing that you can do with regards to making big plays is I want to get Carter the ball in space. 100%. We somehow have to find a way to get that boy, get that man, the ball in space, and yep. ask one defender to tackle him. Because when yep. you're going, when you're going, when you're going with the all-out blitz, or you got the mm-hmm. single, all it takes is for you to make one guy miss for That's you to it. hit the home run play. And so, you know, we got we have to get the run game going. I think getting the run game going allows us to pick up first downs and we have to yep. stay third and long situations. There are too many Definitely. times long situations, get the run game going, which is why I think you need to get Coleman in there. This yep. offense has no physical identity. No, there's not one person on the offensive side of the ball this year that you can say, you know what, as a defense player, this guy is going to bring it. I don't see one. The one person that you have that has shown over his career that he can be that physical force is Coleman. So I think you got to get Carter going. I think you, you that's a good one-two punch with Carter and Coleman. It, it gives the defense a different look. Um, get the run game going. Pick up some first downs. Stay out of third and long situations. And when they bring the house, when they bring the blitz, those wide receivers on the outside, they have to be able to get open and make a play. Yeah. Yeah, we uh we are in a hundred percent agreement this week because that was pretty much exactly my next point. Was uh, you have to take your shots, you can't be scared to throw deep. And I quite honestly, that's why Joe Flacco is starting this week because Mike White can't do that. Mm-hmm. He's not going to scare this team deep, and it's really important. Let alone the ability to be able to throw deep, you have to threaten it. 
You have to scare defenses. That matters almost more than hitting the place is, is scaring them in the first place. If you go back to last year, you have Mm -hmm. the Sam Darnold ghost game. That game was a disaster for the jets against basically the same defense they're going to see this week. And the reason it went that way is the Patriots had zero fear that Sam Darnold was going to beat them over top. Yep. Not at all. They weren't worried whatsoever about getting beat over, over the top. They don't even care if they let somebody go free because they weren't sure that he was going to be able to hit the pass anyway. And the Mm -hmm. jets answer was hot reads was throw quick, throw quick, throw quick. Very first pass of the game is a speed out to Jamison Crowder and Devin McCourty picks it off from nine yards depth because he drives that far. He's no fear of the deep ball whatsoever. I'm coming downhill. I'm going to pick off this speed out. No problem. If the jets started Mike white, it would have been that all over again. Mm-hmm. The d- secondary would have had no fear of getting beat deep. They would have had no fear of coming up and playing up on the receivers, given that rush time to get home, disrupting the timing of the offense. It would have been a problem mm-hmm. with Joe Flacco in the game. Teams have to respect the deep ball. They have to respect the chance that Elijah Moore beats press coverage and goes Mm -hmm. down the sideline and Joe Flacco lobs it up to him because Mm -hmm. Flacco has been a fantastic deep ball thrower for most of his career. So this is, this is a talent that he has. And he's even, even in his jets games, he's shown it last year. He had a deep shot to Brashad Perriman. He's played well, you know, in other games he was able to throw, uh, throw deep show off that arm. He's capable. And on top of that, he's experienced and a veteran. He's not going to be fooled by protections. He's not going to be able to, to be mixed, to be missed up by this defense. He's going to be able to set things right. He's not going to slide the protection the wrong way and then have it be a complete disaster. This is why Joe Flacco is starting because against this defense in particular, Joe Flacco gives them their best matchup to win. And quite honestly, I don't think it's close. I I think that. Yeah, I'll finish it real quick. I I just don't see how this defense, how this offense can back off the Dolphins from blitzing so much, not counting the running game like we talked about, if they don't throw deep, because neither of these quarterbacks are mobile. Neither of these quarterbacks are any threat of breaking a sack and getting off to the edge and making a run for 35 yards or, you know, moving in the pocket and making somebody miss. These quarterbacks aren't going to do that, either of them. So if that isn't isn't an option, if mobility is not an option for your passer, the only other way to back off this defense is to throw over their heads. And and that is why Flacco is so important. And these skill players on top of that, like you said, they have to win. Like Jamison Crowder, this is going to be a big game for him in the slot. He's going to be have, he's going to be the primary hot read guy. Like he was against the Patriots last year. He's going to have to be able to win. This is a huge game for Elijah Moore because he is the guy that will get the deep shots. He is the guy that will, that will take the top off the defense. And this is a point that I'm going to end on where you talked about, where is the guy that defenses have to focus on? Yeah. It should be Elijah Moore mm-hmm. because he should be used in any way under the sun. The jets can think of, he should be, mm-hmm. they should run him on jet motion much more than they do. They should build play action passes and screens off their jet motion game. On top of that, let this guy get in the backfield and run some routes. Let him get some switch releases. He can do quite literally anything you want offensively. There are mm-hmm. only a handful of players in this league that can do anything you want offensively. And Elijah Moore is one of them. You need to get this guy, the ball in as many ways as you can, because it's going to open up everything else for the offense. You talked about, you're not sure that Corey Davis is a number one wide receiver. Neither am I. Cause I think it's Elijah Moore. 
I think Elijah Moore is the number one target in this offense. I think he should be the number one target in this offense. And I think that he is not getting the ball enough. I think that they need to find any way they can to feature this guy in as many ways as possible, because he is just an explosive talent that can make plays in a multitude of ways. And those guys are rare. And, and it's going to give the defense something they have to focus on. It's going to give them a guy that they're going to have to take away and game plan for rather than just game planning for the scheme. And so far, that's what teams have been doing. They've just been game planning for the Jets scheme. They're not scared of anybody offensively. They haven't had a reason to be. Yeah, and I, I will say this. I, I, I'm not going to put that pressure on Elijah Moore. He's a rookie. I'm not going to put that pressure on him. I think that the guy that has to step up is Corey Davis. You were bought here to be a number one. You need to be a number one. It's just that simple. Yeah. If yeah. you're number one, who's your tallest and your biggest receiver, yeah, does what he was bought here to do, which was be a number one, that's going to open things up for the rookie more. That's going to open things up for Crowder. Um, I agree with you. We do have to get more of the ball, but this week against the Miami Dolphins, I don't think you want to see a bunch of jet sweeps and things of that nature. You do not want to do anything that looks like what the Baltimore Ravens did last week against the Dolphins. If the Dolphins are going to put everybody up in the box, running their little college, their little college jet sweep stuff and all of that, the Dolphins are going to, they're going to destroy it. The Jets will get no yards and this will be a blowout. It'll be another embarrassing game. If they try to do the quick game, all that type of stuff against, uh, against the uh, Dolphins this week, Corey Davis has to step up. It's just that simple. I'm a fan of pyramid. I'm a fan. I, I I felt like, you know, I don't know, I guess, details of what happened, but I feel like that he's a guy that they should have brought back. I agree with you uh, from one standpoint that Joe Flacco gives you the chance with the deep ball. He throws a beautiful deep ball. And if you're yep. a wide receiver, he's going to give you a chance to make yep. a play with the ball. With that said, as far as I'm concerned, that is it. That is all he gives you. You're talking about a Miami Dolphins team that's going to bring pressure against a quarterback that that is not mobile at all. White is more mobile than Flacco. And so we come into a situation where if we don't give Flacco time to throw the ball, then I think we're going to see the same thing offensively this week that we saw last week. And that's Flacco under pressure, Flacco trying to force the ball, or you're going to see Flacco getting sacked a lot because he's not going to get the ball out of his hands. Me personally, I say spread everything out. Spread everything out. Go ahead and put Corey Davis out wide. Go ahead and let Crowder play the slot. Um, you know, let 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 more play play the Z. Put uh, uh, Corey Davis at the X. Let's let Crowder run from the slot or mix more and Crowder. Whether yeah, one go of four them wide and put Keelan Cole in the other slot. Go four wide. Put Keenan Cole on there. Put Carter in the backfield. Spread things out and then say, hey, you go ahead and bring your pressure. We can get the ball to one of our guys. Crowder in space is a problem. Yeah. More in space is a problem. Yeah. Carter in space is a problem. Absolutely. All you need is Corey Davis to be the deep threat that will keep one of those safeties back. And then that opens th- that opens things up for the Jets offense. My fear for this game is if you keep everything tight, you're playing yeah. right into the hands of the Miami Dolphins because that means that they're going to bring everybody up there. They're going to stuff your run game. They're going to yep. force you to run sideways. And against teams that I, I, I always remember this back when I was playing for Maryland and we played against Florida State. Mm-hmm. Playing against number one, Florida State. Playing During that time in the ACC, Florida State was a big dog. Yeah, yeah, Our yeah. game plan was to run at them. 
I think that that's what you have to do, and which is why I would rather see, I want to see Coleman in there more because yeah. Coleman wants to bring that physical presence. You need a physical presence on the offensive side of the ball and an offense that does not have a physical presence does not have stability at the quarterback position and a number one that in my opinion has been really irrelevant that's an offense that's pretty much going to be dead last in the national football league yeah yeah there's a reason they are where they are uh, and, yeah. and it's a there's a multitude of reasons they are where they are um and i'm right there with you they don't have that physical element on offense and they they really, really lack it, specifically with running the football. If running the football is about imposing your will. Yes. Running the football is about about making the other team know you're here to play. It's it's a it's a battle of toughness. It's a battle of attrition. You know, it's it is important. People can sit there and, and and analytic people can say all they want about the running game being not important and throw the ball every play and and all of that. I don't buy it. You mm-hmm. got to have momentum matters. Attitude matters when you're those guys and you're standing there on the field, Lamont, you could say, speak to this better than I could for sure. But when you're standing there on the field and you're just pounding the ball down somebody's throat, every play, it's mm-hmm. imposing. Yep. You look over and you look at the, the defenders you're going up against and they got their heads down and they're mm-hmm. walking back gingerly. And you're sitting there as an offensive player going, we got them. We yep. got them. Keep it going. Don't stop. Let's keep pounding them until they prove they can stop it. And in a lot of ways, that's what football is, is, mm-hmm. is seeing if the other team can stop what you're doing. And quite honestly, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. So I'm, I'm with you. They have to be able to, to get the ball up the middle. I completely agree that keeping things condensed is the worst thing they can do because you're just taking away less space that the team has to cover blitzing. You're just making it you're getting less ground that they have to worry about keeping it in check. You're just making it easier. You're taking away the distance between the defenders and the ball. You're just making it easier on them. I would certainly see, I want to see them spread it out. I agree that Tevin Coleman gives them more of the physical element between the tackles that they really don't have. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael Carter is good at breaking tackles. He's not so much good at punishing defenders. And for mm-hmm. a five, eight, 200 pound back, you wouldn't expect him to be. He's a lot better through contact than you would expect him to be for his size, but he's never going to be imposing or bring that element of physicality like Tevin Coleman can. So I, I agree. I think that they have to get the run game going first and foremost. I think that's the most important thing of, of anything else you have to get mm-hmm. the run game going. You have to be able to keep your offense on schedule. You have to be able to generate first downs and stay out of third and long, which is exactly what you said. Uh, that's, that's priority. Number one, after that, the name of the game goes, trust your playmakers to get open, hope that they can do what they can. Don't uh, exclusively attack underneath, take your shots when they're there and mm-hmm. keep the offense on schedule. That I think is the, is the goal is then avoid slow starts. Well, let's, let's mention that as well. Avoid yep. the slow starts. You can't have, especially against a defense like this, you cannot get behind because they will yep. eat you alive. You talk about slow starts. Here's here's some numbers for you. Scoring per quarter, Jets are 31st when it comes to scoring in the first quarter. They yep. are horrible. Yeah. Whereas the Dolphins, they're the ninth best team in the first quarter in scoring. So when we look at this game coming up, you know, Jets versus Dolphins, I think the first quarter is going to tell the tell of the tape. Yeah. If the Jets can score some points, then we have ourselves a ball game. But yeah. if the Jets aren't able to score points, then, I mean, if they aren't able to score points in the first quarter, then we have another situation where we're talking about a game could be over early in the game. You yeah. look at the defensive side of the ball, 
The Jets in the first quarter, when you talk about scoring allowed, they are the second worst team in the National Football League. So when we're looking at the first quarter on offense and defense, Jets are the second worst team. You cannot have that. That is putting your defense in a bad position when, A, you can't score points, you're turning the ball over, and then your defense has numbers like this, the second worst team in in the first quarter. Um, They give up the second most points. So we have second worst team in the National Football League at scoring points in the first quarter and stopping teams from scoring. Which goes back to what I was talking about in the Buffalo game at the end of the first half. Without that fumble, you're possibly talking about having a yep. ten to three, or worst case scenario, ten nothing halftime score. So, just kind of recapping the offense, we have to get the run game going. We have to get some big plays. I would yep. love to see Carter get the ball in space, but we have to score some points in the fir- we have to score some points in this first quarter and in the first half. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, not quite related to exactly yeah. what you're saying, but somewhat related. If the jets win the toss defer, because yes. you need to have the option in the second half to get the ball back and potentially mm-hmm. get a statement score. If you do start slow. And on top of that, it's going to be really, really kind of setting the tone for the game. Like you're saying, if the jets come out on defense and can get a stop on the first drive and come back and respond with a score. Yep. That is going to completely set the tone for the game different than most other games had for most of the year. And that'll get the momentum going. That'll get the crowd into it. This is another home game. Uh, you yep. got to give, you can't have, you know, no home field advantage. It seemed like there were more bills fans last week than jets fans in that stadium. And mm-hmm. uh, you, that can't happen. You got to give this uh, team something to be excited about. You got to come out and start hot. I, I think that you, I think you're right. I think we'll be able to tell the the story of the game from very, very early on. Yeah, and and, and it's as simple as this. I played four years for the Jets, okay? We played the Dolphins twice a year, all right? Talking about eight games, we may have lost to the Dolphins once. We may have lost to the Dolphins once. So if you're a player in that locker room for the Jets and you're playing against the Miami Dolphins, I don't care what your record is. We got to go out here and get this win. It's at home. It's against the Miami Dolphins. You're not playing against the Buffalo Bills. You're not playing against a team that, that, that basically is going to come in there in your own home and blow you out because they are a favorite to represent the AFC and the Super Bowl. This week, you're playing against the Miami Dolphins. This is, this is a game that we have to get. And as we continue on talking about what needs to happen uh, for us to get this win, I think for me, the very first thing that I'm looking at is Williams has to be a force in the middle. He has to be a force in the middle. That defensive line, they have to put pressure on Miami Dolphins offense. You cannot allow Tua to stand back there and and just kind of pick you apart. You play point guard like he wants to do. Yeah, you don't, you know, you can't let them get the run game going. Um, But Williams has to be big in this game. He has to be disruptive. What I saw in the Buffalo game is when he started to pick things up, they started double-teaming him more. So once Williams gets going, everybody else has yep. to follow suit. If, 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 if you're lost in, you need to be able to beat one-on-one. You need to be able to beat one blocker blocking you. Um, JFM, you know, too. Yeah, everybody has to step up. But I think that it starts with Williams being a dominant force in the middle. Yeah bringing things up for everybody else. And then from there, like I said at the beginning of the show, this is National Football League. 
people on the defensive side of the ball, they need to show that they belong in the National Football League. And this is a great opportunity for them to kind of pick themselves up after after a, a after getting destroyed by the Bills last week. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. Quinton Williams is is the spearhead of the defensive line. He's the 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 spark plug. He's mm-hmm. the guy that gets everything going. When he's on, everybody else plays better. And I completely agree that that he has to be a force because there is not going to be a better week for him to have the matchup to do it. This Dolphins offensive line is an insult to traffic cones. They are, they are awful. They are absolutely awful run blocking, pass blocking, either one. They are not good. They might be one of the single worst units of any team in the NFL. Mm. And if this defensive line, yes, they are injured. Yes, I know this, but if this defensive line with the guys that they do have cannot win against this offensive line, this team has problems. This team has major problems major problems. If Quinn and Williams cannot look like the third pick in the draft against this team, we got issues. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's going to be the case. I think this defensive line is going to eat. I think they are going to take advantage of this offensive line. I think Quinn and Williams is going to be a force because I really like his matchup on the interior against their guards. I think he's too quick for them. And I think it's going to be game over on the inside real, real fast. The other guy I want to highlight who we have not talked about at all, uh, this entire year because he was just activated yesterday. That's Kyle Phillips. Kyle Phillips Mm -hmm. is off IR. He's going to be coming back in at defensive end. Mm -hmm. And I think that he could have a breakout game if he were to be healthy enough to get back in and play in this matchup because they need somebody else off the edge that can get some pressure. Bryce Huff was, was fantastic. And I think mm -hmm. we're all realizing just how good Bryce Huff was because the second Mm -hmm. he got hurt, their pass rush disappeared. Yes. And they need another guy opposite Quinn and Williams that can generate pressure and can win one-on-ones. And I would like mm-hmm. to see Kyle Phillips get the opportunity as a strong side end to do that because Shaq mm-hmm. Lawson just doesn't offer you anything as a pass rusher. Yes. He just doesn't. And on pass downs, I really want to see them get into a, a rush heavy set where you line up your from right to left. You're looking at John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Sheldon Rankins, Kyle Phillips. Mm-hmm. And you twist all of them. Mm-hmm. Do you send any sort of stunt twist, anything to confuse this offensive line, put your best four pass rushers on the field at once. And quite honestly, dare the dolphins to run down your throat. See mm-hmm. if they can beat you on the ground. See if mm-hmm. they can beat you, not how they want to beat you kind of dictate how they're going to play. And this is the game where you want your aggressive defensive line. North mm-hmm. the last handful of weeks, it's been a problem for the team. They've been trapped to death and screened to death and everything in between. But, but you, this is the game where you want that aggression. You want them to get upfield. The Dolphins, in particular, with Tua, they run a ton of RPOs. Yes, and they yes. are going to try and get the ball out quicker. They're going to try and hit the glance routes. They're going to try and either you know keep the keep the defense back. So the defensive line, you got to be able to get home. And specifically with running, running those RPOs, this is where I think Quinnen Williams can really, really make his impact felt. Just backdoor him. Just backdoor mm. him. If they're going to run an RPO with an inside zone, just backdoor the center and go hit Tua in the mouth. Oh, and God forbid two is able to break out of that pocket and escape. He can't throw the ball. The linemen are downfield. It's a penalty. He's mm-hmm. going to have to run himself and make a play himself. All you have to do is take away the first read of the RPO and let your defensive line get pressure. I think if Quinton Williams can backdoor some RPO plays. And I think if the defense, which we'll get into my next point after this, but if the defense can stay disciplined, 
and take away those RPOs, I think you could shut this offense down. Yeah, I, I would say this, and that's actually leading me into my next point. You cannot allow Miami to get the run game going. I'm gonna yeah. say it. I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now, Gaskins. I like Gaskins as a back. He's a good player. I think that he's. I think that he's a good back. Things just aren't really going well right now, but he is a guy. When we talk about somebody that can put that pressure on your defense, somebody that can wear your defense down, I think that Gaskins is that type of guy. Um, with that said, you cannot allow the Dolphins to get the run game going. Everything that they're able to do with their misdirection, allowing Tua to get more time, is based off of the run game. If you allow the Dolphins to get this run game going, they're going to march the ball down the field. You cannot allow the Dolphins to get this run game going. When it comes to stopping the read option, I would rather for them to allow to to force Tua to keep the ball. Agree. Agree. Crash. Yes. Leads to, to to my next point, which goes hand in hand with my second point, as far as not allowing them run to run the ball. You want to get hits on tour. Yeah. You want to get hits on tour. I saw where two. I guess he was throwing a pass and he did something to his hand. Um, he's shown that he's a guy that that can be fragile. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't want to throw this around. You know, injury prone. Um, but he's shown that he's a guy that will get nicked up. I'll just say that. Yeah. You have to get hits on him. If you hit Tua, he's going to get rid of the ball a lot faster than he should. Um, he's going to make decisions that are that are going to hurt his team. And yeah. ultimately, I you know, as a Jets fan, I want to see Brissett. I want to see Jacoby yeah. from, from Miami. I think that Absolutely. him at the quarterback position gives the Jets the ultimate chance to win the ball because he's not a threat running. Uh, You don't have to worry about defending the RPO. You just have to make sure you keep him in the pocket. They're not facing the wide receiver core that's anywhere in the same wide receiver core that they just faced with the Buffalo Bills. So when we talk about these young players on the defensive side of the ball, stopping the run game, now for those young guys in the secondary, I don't care what round you were drafted in, don't care if this was your first year or not, you are playing against an offense that does not have the weapons that the Buffalo Bills had, and and they should not present the Jets' defense with as many problems as the Buffalo Bills did. So you got to stop the run game, and you have to get hits on Tua. When you hit Tua and you continue to put pressure on him, he's going to make mistakes. And here's where we have an opportunity to get our turnovers. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I'm, I completely and totally agree. This this passing offense has two guys that you have to stop. It's Mike Kosecki and it's Jalen Waddell. You stop those two guys, that's it. That's all they got. It's those two guys and dump offs to to Gaskin. That, that's, it. that's their passing offense. They're mm-hmm. not going to do anything other than that. And mm-hmm. Tua said it himself today, which was kind of quite honestly a pretty dumb thing to say in a press conference because the Jets definitely heard it. Talking about Jalen Waddle, the quote was, most people know who we're going to go to on third down. Mm-hmm. In reference to Jalen Waddle. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm doubling him on every third down. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, Will Fuller, go beat me. I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried. I'm worried about Mike Gusecki. I'm a little worried about who's going to guard him, Mm -hmm. but that's going to get me right into my next point here. And that is that the linebackers have to be disciplined. Yes. If the linebackers are out of their gaps, if they are over aggressive, if they are not disciplined in what they are doing, this RPO game is going to kill them. Mm -hmm. And so it's really up to the linebackers. Trust the defensive line to do the heavy lifting. You Mm -hmm. don't need to fire downhill. 
You mm-hmm. don't need to be charging up into the a gaps. You don't mm-hmm. need to be going. The second you see two will hold the ball out like this on the glance. You don't got to be coming downhill. Mm-hmm. Bait the glance route. Yep. Bait the glance behind it. Stay disciplined. Take your little half step right up middle and freeze in the middle of the field. Bait the glance route. Make two a hand the ball off. Make the defensive line play up and up tight. Make that offensive line win. Make the mm-hmm. offensive line beat our defensive line and let that be their running game. You cannot give them the free yards over the linebackers' heads on the RPOs because it's just easy. And that's what they the main thing of what the Dolphins want to do on offense when Tua is in the game is those RPOs. Before mm-hmm. Tua came in against the Ravens, they didn't call it once. Mm-hmm. They called it a completely different offense with Jacoby Brissett in the game as opposed to Tua Tugavailoa in the game. And the second Tua came in, it switched. You mm-hmm. need to take away that option element. You need to take away that the risk of having the linebackers come up downhill, try and be too aggressive, and then the quick pass behind them, and it's, there's no one to tackle the receiver who can run up the middle for 40 yards. That mm-hmm. has to be taken out. You take mm-hmm. that out, you isolate Gasecki, you isolate Waddle on third down. There's nothing else, quite honestly, I think you have to worry about on this offense because as good as Gaskin is, and I agree that he is a good player, and I think that he is better than he gets credit for, he's not in the situation that he can show it. He's not in the situation that he can really take advantage of that. And if the offensive line is getting killed, it's not going to matter. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm less worried about stopping Miles Gaskin, and I'm more worried about taking away the options in the passing game and mm-hmm. forcing them to have to win on the ground. Because if Miles Gaskin rushes for 120 yards and the Jets win the game, that's a win in my book. Mm. If if you give up an X amount of, of rushing yards, but it the offense couldn't keep up score-wise, they weren't able to score quickly and get down the field and make big plays, and the game can stay close, and you can steal enough big plays on this defense to, to X out a win, I'm fine mm. with giving up some rushing yards. I'm fine with with having an RPO bust and, and gain you know 15 yards on the ground because the linebackers are playing hesitant. Mm-hmm. I'll give that up. I'm more worried about Tua being able to play point guard and just distribute the ball quick, get the ball out of his hands before the pass rush can get home. And then he's not going to get hit. He's going to be more decisive. He's not mm-hmm. going to have the opportunities of I'm going to get hit and it's going to knock me off my timing. I, I think you really got to focus on taking away their RPO game first and foremost and taking away the passes off their RPOs and then mm-hmm. kind of just let the let them play into your hand offensively. Now, I will say this. If Gaskins rush for 120 yards, then the Jets are going to lose. That's it's, possible. It's, it's, no, I'm, I'm going to say it. If you look up and you see that Gaskins has 120 mm-hmm. to 25 yards and he has a longest run of 20 yards, then the Jets are going to lose this game. The RPO is open. You open your whole offense up off of the RPO when you're able to run the ball. Because when you're able to run the ball, that's going to force those linebackers to to step up because you're running the ball down the throat. That's pretty much the RPO. Hey, we're going to run it. We're going to run it. The linebackers, um, the linebackers are going to come up to the line of scrimmage. I remember when I was playing, and 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 you can tell when you have a defense on their heels. Yeah. Because you start to hear them say, "Hey, we got to get everybody to the ball. Hey, we got to get to the ball. We got to get to the ball." If the Dolphins run game gets the defense of the Jets saying, hey, we got to get to the running back. We're going, we have to get to the running back. Gasecki's going to be open. Hollis is going to be open. Waddle is going to be open. It's going to open everything up. You cannot allow them to get the ball uh, to get the run game going. The Jets give up the third worst yards 
per carry. They give up 4.7 yards per attempt. That is the third worst and a tied for third worst in the National Football League. So, you know, yes, we we can we can say, hey, the Dolphins may not run the ball all that well. But the fact of the matter is, is the Jets give up 4.7. Now, I know a lot of that has to do with the game against the Colts, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, the Colts had just dang near 300 yards rushing. And then you also have the Titans game. Derrick Henry had over 150. So there's a couple of outliers there uh, that have made it hard. But the Jets have got run on in a handful of games. They have, but that's why I'm coming back to this and why why I say you cannot – that's why I say you cannot allow them to get the run game going because if you allow them to get the run game going, that's going to open up to uh, to his comfort zone, which is the read the read option, the read zone. Yeah. So you cannot allow to get the run game going. Quint Williams has to be big. Um, you you can't allow to get the run game going, and you have to hit Tua and make Hollins or Wilson be the ones that beat you. Yeah. When things get tight, all right. Tua is looking for two people, and we said it. Yep. The second, looking for Waddle. Put that pressure on him, and I would like to see, quite frankly, I think that this game, I think that you're going to see two defenses play the exact same type of defense. If they cover two, Miami is going to eat this defense of line. Yes, they will. I think that you go with a single high safety. I think that you bring pressure. You force Tua to get the ball out of his hands early and hope that your cornerbacks can jump can jump a route, possibly get a pick. But you don't want to play cover two against this team. If you come out there yeah. this week and you see the Jets are playing in some form of a cover two, then I think Gaskins is going to have a field day for the simple fact that you have to honor Tua's legs. And that's going to open things up for the read option. Yeah, uh, you you took the words out of my mouth because my last point is fight fire with fire and blitz them back. If they are going to be sending pressure, if they're going to be an aggressive defense, if they're going to be trying to to land hits on Flacco, give them their own medicine. Give it right back mm-hmm. to them. If you got to send five one play, send five. If you got to send six, send six. Not mm-hmm. every play, not over to the point of of ruining the structure of your defense. But if you get mm-hmm. into third and seven, send a guy off the edge. If you get mm-hmm. into third and eight send that, send that blitz, blitz Mm -hmm. Bryce Hall again, like we saw in the Titans game and let Mm -hmm. him come off, do something to get some extra pressure on Tua. As bad as this offensive line is, and as much as I think the defensive line has the talent to win themselves, where you can do what Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich want to do, which is rush for and play coverage. I think Mm -hmm. the offensive line is bad enough where you can do that. But if you want to get some splash plays, you want to get some turnovers, you want to get some big sacks on third down, you got to send heat. You got to make things yep. difficult. You got to be aggressive right back. Joe Flacco himself had a line in his press conference yesterday when he was announced as the starter, and I, it it encapsulated everything so perfectly to me. This is the second podcast in a row I've said it, and I don't care because it's that good. And the way he was talking about, it, he was talking about the Dolphins' defense. He was saying they're very aggressive. They put their corners in islands. They play up. They'll bring eight people to the line of scrimmage, and they don't really show any fear. And the line that Flacco said that has stuck with me since is when in football in general, let alone the NFL, but in football, the aggressor usually wins. Mm -hmm. If you are going to be on the offensive, if you are going to be dictating the game, if you are going to be aggressive and making the point of you have to stop this on offense and defense, You never Mm -hmm. want to be the team that's reacting. You want to be the team that's dictating the game. You want to be the team that is imposing their will. And if you're just going to let the Dolphins blitz you all day long 
and never give them any of it back to them. Once they get on offense, I feel like you're, you're, you're not giving an adequate effort. I think you're exactly right that this is going to be two defenses that play very aggressive, that fly to the ball that are going to try and send pressure. And they're going to get in the face of these offenses and see if they can be and beat them. They're going to Mm -hmm. dare them to beat them. And it's going to be, this is going to be a bloodbath. This is going to be a, an absolute slaughter fest between these two teams, because let alone the fact that they're division rivals, you have the jets who are desperate for a win. You have the dolphins who are coming off a big win against Miami. They're trying to carry momentum. Mm -hmm. You have two coaching staffs that are trying to solidify their careers. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is battle for the future. Mm-hmm. Battle for who's aiming for second place in the division. Who's a- aiming for to eventually dethrone the bills. You know, mm-hmm. this is a big game for both teams. And I really think that this is going to be very physical, very aggressive. And if I'm the jets, if I'm Robert Sala, I'm sending everything I have at Tua. I'm, I am, I am daring Tua to beat me. I'm mm-hmm. going to treat him like teams treat Mike white. I'm going to treat him like teams are going to like the dolphins will probably treat Joe Flacco. I'm not going to show any fear. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit there and say Tua with that offensive line. Yeah. Beat us. Go ahead. I'm not worried about Jalen Waddle's speed. You got to get him the ball. Mm-hmm. Jalen Waddle can be open downfield. If two is under throwing it, it's not going to matter. I, I, that's you got to send heat. You got to fight yep. fire with fire. Yep. No, I agree. Uh, listen, I agree with you on that. Um, my last point on this for the Jets to have a chance to win, get the game to the fourth quarter. Yeah. Just get the game. That's a really good point. Quarter. When we look at scoring, scoring per quarter, the Jets are fifth in scoring in the fourth quarter. Now, let's look at those numbers. They're fifth best at scoring in the fourth quarter. In the garbage reality, time. They must say the reality of that uh-huh. is people playing soft. You know, they're a prevent. It's the end yeah. of the game. You're pretty much being blown out. But then yeah. we go back to the Cincinnati game, where towards the end of the game, those guys fought. When you look at Miami from a, a, a defensive standpoint, they are the second worst defense when it comes yeah. to giving up the most points in the fourth quarter. And they have been in some games that have come down mm-hmm. to the quarter. So the Dolphins, the Dolphins have shown that, hey, if the game is close in the fourth quarter, they're going to give you a chance to win because out of all the quarters, that is the quarter that they give up the most points is the fourth quarter. So with all of those things said, we have, we need those things to happen to get us to the fourth quarter, keeping this game close. And then the jets, I believe have a chance to win this game. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And I'm really glad you made it because if this game is close entering to the fourth quarter, I think the jets will win it. I think that will, they have the the team that is built to play better in the second half than play as poorly in the first half. And I don't mm-hmm. know if the dolphins are built to win a shootout. I don't mm-hmm. know if the dolphins are built to play catch up either. So mm-hmm. I would really, really think that if this can be a close game, that it's going to play more into the jets favor than it would the other way around and keeping it close into the fourth quarter is the best way to do that. This is the last point I want to end on before we get into our bets of the week, but I want to let everyone know just so they're very clear. Do not overrate this Dolphins defense. They had a good performance against the Lamar Jackson Ravens on Thursday night football. Mm -hmm. And outside of that, they have been statistically horrible all season. The Mm -hmm. Dolphins are number one in the NFL in passing yards allowed this season. Mm -hmm. Number one, they have given up more yards allowed than the Jets. They are bottom five in total yards and yards per game. 
Mm-hmm. They are, I believe they're bottom 15 in, uh, in rushing. This is not a great defense statistically. Mm-hmm. Teams have moved the ball on this defense all year. This is, please do not think that this is the 85 bears that the jets are about to go against because you just saw them play well against Lamar Jackson on Thursday night football. Mm-hmm. It was a good performance from their defense. It was mm-hmm. a bad response by the Baltimore offense by not doing anything different after halftime. Yeah. There's a lot of factors at play. And just like Mike white against the Bengals, sometimes you got to look at what the other team is doing more than what the team itself is doing and attribute blame or credit either, or where it's due. Do not give all the credit to the dolphins defense. Let's put some blame on the Ravens offense. Let's remember Mm -hmm. that statistically that this defense is susceptible to getting beat and let's not show any fear. Let's not go into this game thinking we're playing this world beater of a defense because we're not we're playing mm-hmm. the quite literal 32nd passing offense ranked dolphins defense yep. you got to be able to move the ball and you got to be able to have no fear and i think that there is a chance to keep it close if you do that if you go in and you play this game full force with what you're saying bring the effort bring the intensity bring the aggression fight fire with fire and mm-hmm. be the tougher team i think the tougher team wins this game yeah, I agree with you. Um, to the point of the Dolphins' defense, yes, they both the Jets and the Dolphins are at the bottom when you talk about versus the pass, but the Miami Dolphins are the seventh best team with regards to generating turnovers. And that, that is, is something that is significant. They may give up a lot of yards, but at the end of the day, they are the seventh best team when it comes to getting the opposing offense to turn the ball over. That is something that has been an Achilles heel of the Jets. We saw it just this past week. Yeah. Not saying it would have changed the game, the outcome of the game, but you so. can't have that many turnovers. And the Dolphins, as fast as their defense plays, you can see why they generate those turnovers. I think that these yeah. guys are ball hawks. And you yeah. have to give Brian Flores his credit. His offense is not good, but his defense does show up. And let's look at the teams they've played. They've played against the Patriots offense. They've played against the Bills offense. They've played against the Vegas offense earlier in the season when they were undefeated and they were rolling. They played against the Indianapolis Colts. They played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then they had to play another game against Buffalo. So this defense has faced some high-powered offense. So if you're the Jets coming into this game, when when you spoke about how you have to have that no fear, there is nothing about the Jets offense that the Miami defense needs to fear at all. And that is a concern for me. It is. This team generates turnovers. They're playing against a team that turns the ball over. And so, yes, this Miami Dolphins defense, yes, they may be dead last, but in a critical, critical stat, in a critical, critical area, which is turnovers, the Dolphins are one of the best teams in the National Football League at generating turnovers. So it is imperative that this, that this week, that offensively, we take care of the ball. Yeah, no, I, I I can definitely see that point. And it makes sense that the Dolphins are highly ranked in turnovers because they're very aggressive and they take chances, specifically their mm-hmm. DBs. Xavier Howard is going to be the type of guy where he's going to jump on a route and he might get you know beat over top because of it every now and again, but he's going to get a handful of interceptions at the end of the year because of it too. And when you have that style of defense, if you are giving up a lot of yards and you are giving up points, you want to be opportunistic and you want to be able to get your turnovers when you can. And the Dolphins have been able to do a pretty good job of that so far. We'll see if it continues. I'm personally, I'm a little skeptical that they're going to get a little high on themselves after beating the Ravens. 
And I think that they're going to overlook the jets a little bit. And we've seen what happens when teams do that. Yep. It's just, I, that is maybe it's the optimist in me, but I, I can, I think the, just like we said last week that the bills losing to the Jaguars was the worst thing that could have happened to the jets. The yeah. dolphins beating the Ravens, I think is the best thing that could have happened to the jets. Yep. 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 No, I, I, I agree with you. I, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, and I think that that's leading us into our, our picks of the week. And last yeah. week I, we both hit on our picks. You went two for with, two. Yep. You went with the over. Um, I took Buffalo on the spread. I'll let you go first this week because I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of torn right now. I yeah. still don't know which way I want to go. Um, so I'll hear your picks first. All right. Yeah. Uh, I got an interesting one this week um, because I looked at, you know, the main lines, I looked at the line, it was three, three and a half from where I could see it uh, over under was give or take about the same as the bills game at about 44. Um, you know, there was a handful of options, but nothing that I was absolutely just, you know, dead set on that. I really felt like this is what I want to put as my bet on the week. So I'm going to go a little different here. I'm going to go with a prop bet and okay. I'm going to go uh, Jameson Crowder specifically Okay, is over under for catches is four and a half. And I'm hammering the over because I think he is going to be the main target on hot reads. I think he is going to be the main target when the dolphins do run their blitz zero and the jets aren't running a deep shot. I think your three receivers, if that's where they go and they run 11 are going to be Elijah Moore and Corey Davis on the outside and Crowder in the slot. And I think Crowder is going to be the guy that's going to be the main beneficiary because the dolphins weakest corner of their three corners is their slot corner. And I think that that is the opportunity for Jameson Crowder to, to become a focal point of the offense. And I could see a game where he finishes with seven or eight catches. He may only have 65 yards. He may not be able, you know, that might be all underneath, you know, eight, seven, 10 yards here and there. He may not have any explosive plays down the field, but in terms of who's going to lead the team in catches, if it's not Michael Carter, I think it's going to be Jameson Crowder. And I four and a half seems really low to me. I just, I think he's going to catch more than five passes I, more than anything else in this game. I think Jamison Crowder is going to get the ball. I tell you what, that is a heck of a pick right there. I, I, I like that pick. I hadn't looked at the prop bets, um, but here's why I, I, I really, really like that pick. If I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong with this, this is Joe Flacco's, you know, he's been with the Jets. Yes. Right. Him and Jamison Crowder, they have had some type of of, of, of relationship. And I do remember that during that period in time, Joe Flacco loves to throw the ball to Jamison Crowder. He is a comfort. He Jamison yep. Crowder Crowder is is Joe Flacco's comfort. It's not Davis, it's not Moore, it's not Carter. He feels most comfortable throwing the ball to Jamison Crowder. So I definitely, definitely love the the crowder four and a half another reason that i love the crowder at, at the four and a half is let's say that this is a situation where unfortunately let's say miami does put up a lot of points that's going to put the jets yep. in a position that they're going to have to throw the ball which is going to give jameson crowder an opportunity to get to get more reception so i listen i love that bet yeah love that bet. yeah that was i saw that and i could not believe it was only four and a half I thought it was going to be at least five and a half. I thought it would be closer to six or seven, but Jamison Crowder catches five balls and this bet hits. I'm taking that all day long. <laughs> and, and listen, like I said, I love the bet. I really do think that that, that is going to happen. Um, <clears throat> for me, I'm, 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 I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I don't want to be a homer. 
right, you want to take watch. the Jets minus? Do you want to take the Jets plus three? Don't you? No, I'm actually thinking about taking the Jets on the money line. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm thinking about taking the Jets on the money line. Part of this is just my history with the Jets playing against yep. the Dolphins. I'm not sure what the recent history is. Um, but skewed I more towards Miami, but that's been when you have Adam Gase and, and Mike McCagnan running your organization, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I, oh my gosh. Goodness gracious. i tell you what. I don't want to be a homer. I am not a fan of Joe Flacco starting. Really? I think the Dolphins are going to bring pressure. And if they get if they hit Joe Flacco enough, I think he's going to check out of this game. I do think that he gives them the best opportunity for the big plays because I love his accuracy on the deep ball. But there's nothing about the Jets offense that says to me that they can keep the quarterback upright and that they can keep the quarterback from um, from basically from getting hit. Um, if they do protect for Joe Flacco. I think there's a chance that the Jets can win this game, but it's all dependent on their ability to protect Joe Flacco. Um, I tell you what, I'm going to go with my initial gut. I'm just going to go ahead and take the Dolphins on the money line. Okay. I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and take the Dolphins on the money line. I can't see the prop bets. I don't know what the prop bet is, but I am a fan of playing field goal kickers. So if I look and as it comes up, if they give me a bet where they have the over or under one and a half field goals made for the Dolphins field goal kicker, I'll take that. That would be my bet. I just can't see that right now. I got you. Um, but outside of that, I'm, I'm going to take I'm going to take the Dolphins on the money line. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really interesting because we we actually disagree here. I think Joe Flacco is going to carve them up. I'm. <laughs> I think that as a veteran with experience, he's not going to be fooled by having to set protections. I think that is going to help the offensive line more than anybody realizes in getting communication and alignment properly. I don't think you'll see as much miscommunication from the offensive line because Flacco is going to do a better job of getting the protection set. Mm -hmm. I like his ability to throw downfield. I think that backs off the secondary even just a little bit. That gives enough more space for guys to get open underneath. I think mm -hmm. he's decisive, which is really important against a team like this. He's going to be able to get the ball out when it has to get, uh, get a ball out on time. And like you said, he's going to feed Jamison Crowder. He's going to be able to, to look his way. And I think that Elijah Moore's threat deep is going to be the key to this game offensively because it's going to help your run game. It's going to help the passing game and other aspects. You got to give your opportunities to hit some shots to him and stretch the field. And if that can happen, quite honestly, I think Flacco is going to have the underneath for free. I think that that is the, the struggle of the, the Ravens as they tried to be too horizontal and they tried to be more in their running game and say, oh, you're going to load all these guys in the middle and we're going to pin you here and pull here and, and try and got too complicated with it. I think when you're, like you said, if they spread it out, if they just sit there and go, okay, let's give our quarterback space, let's give our guys space to operate and just let Flacco find the best matchup. I think mm -hmm. they can generate a lot of yards. I'll call my shot on a, on my other podcast last night. I predicted a Jets blowout. I think this is a get right game. I think that this is everything comes together at once. I think the Dolphins are riding high after a Ravens win. I think the Jets are 
desperate for for a win to come out and make a statement. I think this is a really winnable game. I picked the Jets 31 10. Wow. I yeah. I okay. think this is I think this is gonna be and we joked about it uh, as well, where we said hopefully Jet fans don't think Joe Flacco should start the rest of the year if he plays well against the Dolphins, like they did with Mike White. But but I really think that I think this is gonna be the best game the Jets play all year. I love this matchup. I, I, I just, I love this matchup for them. It's just everything that's that, that I can see outside of if Zach Wilson was playing, I'd love it even more, but offensively, I like the matchup defensively. I like the matchup, the styles of what these teams want to do on offense and defense, what their focal points are. All of it to me just says that this, this could be a game where everything goes well for the jets. And it could be that that's what happens. And the next week they fall right back off a cliff, but I just, I, I don't know. And I'm probably, to be honest, I'm probably wrong because my predictions outside of bets haven't been too good, but I'm, I really, really like this matchup. I'm, I'm really confident that they can play well. I think that they can play well. I'm just not sold on Joe Flacco. And I get that. I, if the Dolphins, if, listen, if the Dolphins get pressure on him, it's going to be ugly. Mm-hmm. That's just what it comes down to. If the Dolphins are able to score points, which forces the Jets to call multiple passing plays, then I think the Flacco's going to get hit. And yeah. once he gets hit, I think the, I, I, I think it's over with. <clears throat> and I'm taking this. Brian Flores is familiar with Joe Flacco with his time with the Patriots. So this is true. I, I, but Joe Flacco during his time with the Ravens, when Brian Flores was with the Patriots, Joe Flacco had one of the best records against the Patriots of any starting quarterback in the league at that time. Joe Flacco notoriously was able to beat the Patriots a couple of times in the playoffs in Foxborough and played really well in those games on their Super Bowl run. He had one of the best games of his career in Foxborough in the AFC championship to send them to the Super Bowl. And Mm -hmm. so we've seen Flacco beat this defense. Yeah. We've seen that he can do it. And Flacco's never been mobile. Flacco's mm-hmm. never been mobile his whole career. So it's not like he's having to adjust to a new style of play. It's not like he's having to, to learn to be more of a pocket passer now that he's older and can't run anymore. Joe Flacco's never been able to run. He's always had to work from the mm-hmm. pocket. He's always had to be able to know that he could potentially get creamed standing in the pocket by a blitz. That's, that's mm-hmm. part of his game. And I think mm-hmm. that it could get ugly. I agree that if the offensive line can't hold up in protection, and even if the protection is set right, that doesn't mean you're going to win the one-on-one. But if the offensive line can't hold, I can see it getting ugly. But I think if they give him enough time, I I could see, again, I don't think Flacco is going to be a world beater. I think the running game is going to do well too. And I think that's going to have a, a hand in everything. But I could see 270 and two or three touchdowns from Flacco. And that's enough to win the Jets the game. i I I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm the 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 crazy optimist, but I'm with you. No, listen, I'm with you. That's why I was so hesitant, um, and why I was contemplating. You know, I was thinking about possibly taking the Jets on the money line is because it's as simple as this. If if for some reason, Lord forbid, this happens, but if Tua gets hurt and Brissett comes in, I think that that gives the Jets the best chance of winning the game. Agreed. To your point about how well Joe Flacco did against the New England Patriots, he also did that with Ed Reed. Ray Lewis, True. Uh, teams that was at the top 
a, a, a team around him that came that that when he got there already had its rep, uh, its reputation. All he had to do was just come in and not turn the ball over. This is totally different. You're playing with the Jets. You're playing with banged up players. Your number one receiver, in my opinion, is not a top 10 or 15 number one wide receiver in the National Football League. You have no run game to go with you to support you. And and all season long, the quarterback has been harassed. That's my concern with, with, with Joe Flacco. Now, if they give Flacco time, I agree with you. He can carve them up. But there's nothing about what I've seen from the Jets, and there is nothing about what I've seen from the speed of the Dolphins' defense that's going to suggest to me that they're actually going to give Flacco time to actually pick them apart. Um, so I, I, I'm gonna stick with my pick with the with the Dolphins on on the money line. I don't feel a hundred percent about it because there are too many things that can happen. Yeah. Um, but I just think overall, I just think that where these two teams are. I just think that the Miami Dolphins are just further along as a franchise than the New York Jets are right now. I agree with that completely. I completely agree that they are. If you're talking about two teams that went into rebuilds within a handful of years ago, that the Dolphins are further along in that than the Jets are. But we also got to remember that that's because this is the first year of a new regime. Mm -hmm. I don't even quite honestly, I don't even count Joe Douglas's first two years with Adam Gase because that wasn't his coach. That wasn't, how can you reflect of what Joe Douglas is doing if you don't have cohesion with your front office and your coaching staff? And yeah. now that the front office and coaching staff are very much in lockstep, I think it's a lot more fair to judge things as a whole. And of course, the Dolphins are further along in their rebuild. Mm -hmm. I, that's that's nature of how they've been able to structure their organization since they've had Brian Flores as the coach. So I don't think that that's necessarily surprising. I'm just sitting here thinking from the other end of it. And this is, you know, something we've seen out of the jets a lot. You got to learn what it's like to sustain wins. You got to learn what it's like to win and not get too high and, and not look at look past the next week or, or get, have the slightest bit of adversity hit in the next week. And then your momentum falls down. That's been the jets problem is that they'll have a really mm -hmm. big win and they'll get all high on themselves and everybody is feeling great. And they all say they're going to carry the momentum. And this was the best week of practice we've ever had. And then they come out on Sunday and it's a dud. It's a complete mm -hmm. and total dud. We haven't seen that the dolphins can do that either. We haven't seen that the dolphins are, are capable of being sustained winners. This team has one more win than the jets does. Yes. If they lose to the Baltimore Ravens on Thursday, these teams have tied records. Yes. Like this is what let's we I think we need to put things into perspective. Are the Dolphins going to be able like I've said multiple times now, it might quite honestly, I think it might even be less to do with Joe Flacco and more to do with the Dolphins defense thinking they're all hot stuff after slowing down Baltimore and that they're just going to be able to do, you know, call we're just going to call blitz zero. We're going to squat on everything underneath like the Bills did and make Joe Flacco's day miserable and we're going to go home winners. No. Not against Flacco, not with Elijah Moore in this game, not with mm -hmm. the Jamison Crowder who can get open deep. This is not the same offense the Jets played against the Buffalo Bills. With Flacco, there is a completely different element that, yes. that matters. And it yes. matters, I think, more than people realized. I think that's why the Jets offense got so suffocated against Buffalo so easily because the Bills DBs had no fear. They had no fear. They can sit there and say, we're going to lock up in coverage. Corey Davis, I'm not worried about you beating me over top. I'm not worried about, about Elijah Moore on the deep over. I'm, I'm, I'm Trey white. I don't care 
uh, Elijah Moore is going to run a little whip route. I'm just going to sit outside leverage and just completely wall him off the whole time. Cause I'm not worried that he's going to go upfield. You have to worry about the deep ball with Flacco in the game. And the fact that you even have to worry about it, I think is what gives them the advantage because you don't have to worry about the deep ball. If you're the jets, you don't have, I'm not worried. Jalen Waddle's fast. Can Tua get him the ball? And even if Tua does get him the ball, this is the one thing about why I, I'm I'm in the quarterback arm strength is really important camp. Mm-hmm. Jalen Waddle gets open. Tua gets him the ball. If he can't get it with enough velocity, the DB can recover. Mm-hmm. Jalen Waddle could have been wide open. But if you mm-hmm. give whoever is going to be Brandon Eccles' replacement, which I think is going to be Isaiah Dunn, and I think it's important we mention this, that the Jets will be starting a new corner with Brandon Eccles out. Isaiah Dunn's been in for four snaps and made two pass breakups. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would like to see him get more opportunities. And I, I just, I'm not scared of Tua. I'm not. I'm not scared of this offense. I'm not scared of, I'm not scared of this offense being able to take over the game in the way the Bills offense was. And that even if, you know, the Jets offense has a slow start or the Dolphins offense going to start fast enough to, to make it matter. Mm-hmm. I, I just, that's what I, that's what I keep saying. I think this is a really good matchup. I am probably wrong, but I but think yeah. this is a really good matchup. No, listen, it it is a good matchup. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you. This is a game that listen, the Jets could come out here and blow the Dolphins out. Um, I think that because Joe Flacco was a veteran, um, I think that from an offensive play caller standpoint, maybe you can open your playbook up more because you have a uh, you, you have a vet that's done it who's been there. Yep. But with that said, I, I was impressed by the Dolphins defense. And granted, yes, they were playing against the Baltimore Ravens, but I mean, for the most part, they shut Lamar down. And and Anytime a defense can come into a game and execute their game plan, that's going to give them momentum for the following week. And I really think that the game plan this week is going to get pressure on Flacco. Don't give up inside leverage. If you're bringing all the safeties and you allow Crowder to work his way and get inside of that defender, that's where the big thing happens. I will say this. If the Jets win, at the end of the stat line, you'll see what Joe Flacco threw maybe two touchdown passes of 30 yards or more. Yeah. If the Jets win, I think that that's what you're going to see. And it's going to be because they bought the house Crowder or more were able to slip, get inside uh, Flacco hits them in stride. And then they break a long one outside of that. I just, I, I, I don't see, I just don't, I just don't see it happening any other way. I think the Dolphins defense is very fast. Um, I think that Coach Flores is a is a good offensive coordinator who also has history of playing against Joe Flacco, um, and I think that the message that's being taught that's being spoken to the Miami Dolphins is this: it does us no good to beat the Baltimore Ravens and then turn around the next yeah. week and lose to the Jets. When you talk about yep. two franchises who are trying to build. I'm pretty sure that that's Brian Flores' message to his team is if we go out here and we lose to the Jets, what we did against against Baltimore means absolutely nothing. So I uh-huh. think that, that that Miami Dolphins team is going to come in focused. I think they're going to come in hungry. And what this game comes down to is very simple. Is Joe Flacco going to be the Joe Flacco that was playing with Ed Reed, playing with Ray Lewis, Supreme Defense, 
great offensive weapons around him? Or are we going to get the Joe Flacco that was after Ed Reed was gone, after Ray Lewis was gone, and a guy who ever since he got his check just looked like he was a quarterback that just doesn't even want to be in the National Football League. And that's my concern for the Jets. And that's why I'm going with the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are going to build off of the momentum that they got from beating the Baltimore Ravens. Um, but I will not dismiss the fact that that the Jets can win this game. You look at the Dolphins are one and four in a row. The Jets are two and two at home. I think that is something to take into account also. But yeah. I'm still take the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. I could see it. This is while I think this is a good matchup for the Jets, I would not be surprised if the Dolphins win this game. I mm-hmm. would not be surprised if everything goes well for them. The receivers can't get off coverage and pressure gets in on Flacco and defensively, they can't stop the run at all, let alone just enough. And, and I could see it being a problem. I certainly could see it going either way, but the one thing that keeps sticking in the back of my head, you know, who else was just saying, we can't overlook the jets after beating the Baltimore Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm. And they had to come into New York too. Yeah. And I'm sure Zach Taylor was sitting there telling his team, good win. Glad we're here. You know, number one seed in the division. Let's go stomp the jets. Let's go carry it on. Let's build off this performance. And they were sloppy mm-hmm. and they were, they were very, very rigid in what they were doing. And this is the one thing that I'm going to hang on that mm-hmm. where I think we can end why I think the jets ultimately are going to end up winning. If they beat the Dolphins blitz, they're not going to stop doing it. They don't adjust. They don't change. It's just like the Jets defense. You can beat the Jets defense with whatever you want, and they're not going to change. And you can do the same things over and over and over. If you beat this Dolphins defense early, they're not going to drop out of it. They're not just going to stop blitzing entirely. They're not just going to change the structure of their defense. And you're already going to have the answers. It's just... I think this is the first game maybe all season where the jets can treat another team the way teams treat them. Yeah. And, and you can go make the dolphins, the jets this week. That would be my advice. Yep. Yep. I feel you. I feel you. Well, we're going to see, we definitely going to see. Thank everybody for tuning in, checking out the, uh, checking out the podcast. We are two and O with our bets. Um, I'm sure jets fans, actually hope that at the end of this week that we are three and one and that the jets and I have lost my pick. Um, but Andrew, you got anything else? Yeah, uh, no, that was pretty much it. Like Lamont said, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, excited to see how things go in the future. I think it's really interesting that we see this game very similarly, similarly schematically and very different in outcome. Um, but you know, that's the nature of football is that, Sometimes the Jimmy's and the Joe's beat the X's and the O's. And sometimes the X's and the O's beat the Jimmy's and the Joe's. And, and it's all every, any given Sunday is real. And that's what makes this league so fun, but that's, that's, yeah, that's it for me. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are going to be back next week to review the next game. I have some more bets for you guys. Thank you again. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Peace.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.